Here we go. It is Monday, March 20th. Welcome back to Only the Important Stuff. My name is Jeff. Thank you so much for checking out the pod. Hope you all are having a great start to your week. First weekend of March Madness is uh, in the books. Hopefully your brackets aren't busted, your champ's still alive. We heard a rumor that spring is coming up here in Minnesota, though, you know, that's up in the air because we potentially might get hit with snow on Thursday, but I don't know. This comes out after, so who knows? Hopefully snow is melting. You can start to see some grass. Um, Baseball is 10 days away, and if I'm being honest, I am just fucking jacked up for today's episode. Uh, As I continue down this uh, jogging of memory lane from college, Uh, Excited to have on easily the best positional player and hitter I've ever seen in my life. Augustana Hall of Famer, the big cat, El Gato. Jeff, how's it going? Andy Salmola. Welcome to the podcast, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Living the dream. How the hell are you, man? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, it's a little bullet bourbon. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, that's the go-to these days, and uh, gotta have a bush light too, just for uh, old time's sake. I didn't know you were a bourbon guy. This is news. Yeah, it's uh, fairly new. As I uh, get older, I don't know. Just uh, yeah. in winter, long long winter, just uh, warms you up tastes good absolutely when did you so so when did you start dabbling into this into bourbon talk me through it Uh, maybe a couple years ago well no yeah it was about a year ago um i just do random stuff like i'll just start off the month and be like i'm just gonna do this uh no carbs no sugar thing and so that means i can't drink my rum and cokes anymore Ooh. So I had to switch to something else, right? Sure. So, yeah. uh, so I went over to the bourbon side. Nice. I love it. Um, even though there's a ton of sugar in that. It's a little better as, for you. Yeah, there's no broke, Coke. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I am drinking tonight. I usually do Bush Light, but tonight I'm drinking a Surly Furious um, because I am furious that it has been so long since we have like talked, hung out, et cetera considering we both live in the fucking metro. Um, yeah. Just as much, you know, that's on me. Uh, but I also understand, like, how busy, you know, life has been for everybody. Uh, you got grown-ass kids uh, off doing their thing, so it's tough. I get it. But we got to be better at that, brother. All right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No doubt. Um, yeah, I've got some uh, IPAs. Um, in the fridge too. They're uh, all queued up for later if we need them. And this fucking thing just went everywhere on me. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Classic. Thank you so much, uh, Surly, for, for pre-spill or stirring that for me. All right, the spilling is done. We we're cleaned up. We're back. Let's fucking get after it, dude. Um, nice, yeah. So a little bit about Andy. All right, I'm gonna. It's it's a bit of an intro, but we're just gonna keep going through it. Uh, he, I, in my opinion, you epitomized. You know, speak softly, carry a big stick. Uh, easily, probably one of the quietest friends that I have. Um, but get a couple beers or drinks in you, and you know, you turn that fucking hat around, brother. And it is Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You probably never made an error at first, 
I'm just kidding. I'm sure you did, but none that yeah, I remember. None that I remember. Yeah, nothing sticks out, but yep, I'm capable of an error or two. <laughs> or two in four years of <laughs> coll- collegiate baseball. Dude, you bailed out our infielders all the time. Ross even said it when he was on. He just talked about how he couldn't throw to first, and you fucking saved his ass numerous times. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of uh, you're saying uh, uh, soft-spoken and uh, not not known for uh, speaking too much, you're pretty courageous to have me on the podcast. I mean, this could be the shortest one you've ever done here, so – uh, it's a lot of work on your your end to uh, keep me going here. Hey, no. So, yes, no. <laughs> you can talk, right? But it's just when we, uh, in college, like first, like introducing into scenarios, you were way more comfortable just like hanging out in the back. But we talked about shit all the time. It just, mm-hmm. you weren't the guy leading the fucking charge in a conversation uh, when there's like nine dudes around, you're just, you're just as content to like hang out and just watch the shit show unfold. Uh, and with a big ass shit eating grin on your face. Cause you know how stupid we all are. Yeah. There were some good shows to watch. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No. So yeah, we'll, we'll start the clock. Um, so yeah, best infielder I've ever seen quickest hands I've ever seen. Uh, and of course, absolutely just, I mean, you fucking murdered baseballs for a living. Uh, how many records did you walk out of Augustana with? Any idea? I don't know. Maybe half a dozen. Um, <laughs> do- doubles, hits, yep. um, fielding percentage, um, uh, like like single season career stuff, you know, yeah. put those things together. Yeah, they didn't last long though. I mean, there there's some good ball players that came up after us. Absolutely. Um, so, well, yeah, and the was, game changed. Yeah. In my opinion, right? Like it went when we were there um you know, as a pitcher watching you guys, half of your I shouldn't even say half. I bet 3 quarters of your hitting work was really focused on like driving the ball the other direction, right? Like move the runner over and the game just totally changed or has changed yeah. dramatically in the last like 15 years. Uh, and so you see a lot of that with these kids now, right? It's swing for the fucking fences and it's the same in the pros. I, I don't know if that's an analytic thing or chicks just dig the long Yeah, I, <laughs> I grew up, you know, with that um, coaching and uh, it was beaten into my head of you're, you're chopping wood, you're swinging down on the ball. And, you yeah. know, I, I think I killed Grubner's ankle in practice one time because mm-hmm. I could hit missiles straight at the shortstop, right? <laughs> and then it was, uh, you know, working with McCabe and Benny to just kind of, you know, it's not all about hitting the ball hard. It's about getting some extension, getting some carry on the ball, and, you know, kind of just learning from them and, and just took off from there. Absolutely. And. Uh, so now, yeah, as you're saying, the game's changed. You know, I've been coaching my son for since he was – he's 15 now. I've been coaching him since he's seven, and he's watching all these big leaguers. Well, they're the whole team's watching these big leaguers, and they're yeah. hearing all these things on Twitter about launch angle and all that stuff. So, you know, they're, they're, they've been hammered a different approach. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be the guy who balances it out. And, you know, there's there is – some really good ball players that can figure it out if, if you're 
thinking from both directions, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that, it, that's what was impressive, right? Is you you hit for ridiculous power, right? Um, but also, well, was it senior or junior? You led the team in hitting, so batting average, home runs, extra base hits, and RBIs. One of those years, right? So it's like the quadruple junior. crown. Right? Yeah, it's not even it's a fucking year. triple crown. That's you know that's just what's <laughs> absurd, right? And we had good hitters on the team, right? Like you had the Grubners, Dunleavies, the guys who could hit for average all day long and fast as fuck, right? They Dunleavy would yep. beat out a ground ball to second base, right? Yep. And here you are, the fucking three hitter. You know, I shouldn't even say arguably, always the most feared hitter in the lineup, getting the toughest pitches, and you you know. So that's what that's what I was always like so impressed with. It wasn't just you could hit bombs; like you were a great fucking hitter. <laughs> and like, did, how many times did you strike out when you were juniorish, seniorish? It wasn't a lot, from what I remember. I think, yeah, I don't know a number, but I think my walks to hit ratio was like one to one. At the, yeah, one to one walks to hits probably. God, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy, Andy. So we could, we could fire up the Google machine and figure it out somehow. <laughs> now I like living in a world <laughs> where nothing that we did was ever recorded, right? We're all just <laughs> legends, right? And it's folklore. Uh, you know, we didn't grow up with cell phones, so you couldn't like couldn't look any of that shit up. Yep. Um, yep. So what was high school like? Were you just fucking next level, like godlike in high school? No. I wasn't even the best kid on my team. I don't think, you know, looking back at my career, I don't think I've ever been the best player on my team. Maybe there is a few, you know, maybe my senior year of college, um, you know, some amateur teams. <laughs> but through high school, through college, through pro ball, I was always like that second person, mm -hmm. really. Um, so high school, I played with Appert, Luke Appert. Uh, he went on to play for the Gophers. I think he yeah. was all Big Ten player, um, you know, got drafted in the sixth round, um, made it to AAA with the A's. Mm -hmm. um, so I grew up playing with him. Um, that was a, a lot of fun. We had some good teams. Um, I just, you know, Baseball has just always been my thing. That's all I lived for, right? right? So I I had seasonal friends, basically. So when it was baseball season, I had a whole bunch of friends. When it wasn't baseball season, I was off by myself working on ba on baseball stuff. I had a, okay. a little space in the storage room that could fit a tee, and I could swing a bat without breaking anything. And I just hit balls into the net. Uh, had a little trampoline I'd throw balls against and practice scooping stuff. And that's how I filled my time in the winters when everybody, all my other friends were playing hockey. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, 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 that's basically my high school life uh, in a short little summary. Um, it was, it was great getting to college where you're, with a whole bunch of other guys that are just thinking about baseball too. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm big fan of the podcast hurt. Um, listen to almost all your episodes and you got a good core of friends from Fairmont. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had some good friends in high school, but it wasn't like they were all in the same group. Right. So one, 
getting to college was like eye opening. Like that, that was like the time of my life where I had, you know, really good friends and we all hung out and did things together and just 24 seven ate, slept and talked baseball. I mean, in that, that was my perception. I'm sure you had more things on your mind than just baseball, but for me it was baseball. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think you could uh, safely assume that. Yeah. Right. Considering, um, I didn't put in nearly as much work as you did. Right. <laughs> and I was going to get into that, right. You were, uh, you know, you were, you were always like the, I think like what you did in high school, like showed it translated. You were the, again, the quiet guy, but you led by example, you put in the work, right? Like we went to college and we were roughly the same size. When we got there as freshmen, but by the time you were a senior, dude, you were a fucking monster with, like, Goldberg traps. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you crushed the weight room. You spent tons of, you know, and I'm, obviously, as a pitcher, I wasn't allowed to do some of the shit you were allowed to do. But, again, like, we just kind of looked at it as, eh, something you have to do. Whereas you took a lot of pride in that, knowing this is going to help me. And I think it showed, obviously. Yeah, looking back at, you know, my time, um, the seasons within college, I think what really helped me is my, after my sophomore year, um, I'm what met my future wife and decided yeah. I'm going to take the summer off and, uh, you know, be able to visit her and I'm just going to kill it in the weight room. Yeah. So I wasn't even playing baseball and, um, sprouted a few hairs on my chest at the same time. So, you know, had a little, I didn't get any taller, but you know, a little growth spurt there. You didn't need to. And, <laughs> you need to get any taller. <laughs> yeah. And then um, in the spring of my junior year during baseball season, I took a golfing course for from Perry Ford. Oh, yeah. And that kind of that evened out my swing, right? So I'd always had a, you know, I could hit um, for base hits and contact and that. Um, but I think that golfing, um, course really helped me elevate the ball and, and, you know, increase those home run numbers. Yeah. You, yeah, I agree. Right. Like freshman, sophomore year, like we were all just trying to figure it out, um, mm -hmm. being like super young guys playing in the conference, but then junior year, right. You started to see our class really kind of like take hold of our positions and or, you know, our spots within the conference and on the team. And again, again, like, yeah, you went junior year, you just went fucking meteoric dude. And all of a sudden it was, let's see what Andy does today. Right. Like that was the general vibe, especially out in the bullpen is like, what the fuck, like, what's he going to do? And what game was it? Uh, we played some, was it like a Drake or something in Iowa where you hit like uh, four home runs? Yeah, Northwestern Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. And that like every time it's like, why are they still pitching to him? Like there's no one who can get him. <laughs> it was just every time it was oh, there it goes. Yep. I hit two right off the bat. I remember um what the first one was like a line drive to left center and Trevor Dean's coaching first and he's like, Get going, get going. I'm like, No, Trevor, <laughs> not, don't worry about that one. <laughs> and then uh I got another one my next at bat and then they did stop pitching to me. They were uh they start started walking with me and then um 
you know, later in the day, there's, I think I came up with the bases loaded or there's no, nowhere, nowhere to put, to put me. You. Right. Yeah. And then I, I hit another one and I rounded third and told McCabe, like had, to, had to pitch to me that time. <laughs> and he just smirks. And then, uh, and then at that point they had given up. They're like, well, fuck like it. you were saying, let's just see what he does. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then you watched another one. It's like, Jesus. Um, yeah, it was fun. It's just fun to watch. And I told Ross, like that was those are my memories, right? Just seeing all of you guys put on these shows and put on these performances when you're out there. It was fucking it was just awesome. I took I, I took probably more pride in that than anything I ever did on the baseball field was seeing you guys succeed. Um backing up, because we were on high school and we really yeah. fast forwarded. Why'd you go to Augie? Like what drew you there? Was it the right choice? Did you, you know, was it instant? Like I knew this was the place for me. And on day one, did you feel like absolutely like I made the right choice? Yeah. What was your recruiting process? Not only to Augie, but yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. So I just wanted to go somewhere, play baseball, right? That's, you know, a reoccurring theme <laughs> is uh, mm-hmm. my life revolves around baseball. So um, I've been looking at some, you know, Mayak schools, D3 schools within Minnesota, um, talking to coaches there. Um, didn't really get any other offers or calls from any other bigger schools like that. Um, I was almost going to go to McAllister because it's a really smart school. I didn't have the the grades or the ACT score, but they said, oh, well, if you're playing baseball, we'll get you in. I'm like, uh, that would be a good opportunity, you know, yeah, for, for sure. after baseball. Um, but then I was working out, um, at this, uh, innovative sports training facility. I go there a couple, couple days a week to do some baseball stuff as well as, uh, weight training stuff. And one of the coaches there was, uh, Kurczynski. I don't know if you remember him, but he was a pitching yeah. coach at Augie before we got there, I believe maybe, um, a little bit of our freshman year. And he's he had been hanging around the place and seen me putting in the work. And he's like, you know what? Uh, I, I coach at this school out in South Dakota. I think he, you know, it'd be a good fit for you. Yeah. And, uh, I thought, you know, that's, that's a good idea. Cause I didn't want to be one of those Ronnie run homes. Right. I didn't want sure. to go to a, a school in the city and then go home and do my laundry and, yep. and have my mom and dad cook a meal for me. I wanted to be far enough away where I didn't have the opportunity to do that, start my, start the beginnings of my own life. Um, but I didn't want to be too far away where you got to get on a plane to get back and forth. So it was a good fit there. Uh, I came out, um, juice Johnson hosted us, showed us a good time. (laughs) Fucking juice. Yeah. Um, brought us out to twisters and told some (laughs) girls to hit on us and make us uh, feel special. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Talked to McCabe and he, um, you know, he was young, energetic coach. And, um, you know, he said, we don't really have a first baseman. Um, you know, you've got an opportunity here to come in and play right away. And, you know, that was probably what sold me right there, um, is, you know, small school. I'm not going to get lost in the shuffle. You know, there'll be professors and coaches that are going to look, look out for me. So, yeah, it was just a good fit as soon as uh, Kurczynski had mentioned it, and I went out and visited it, and I was, I was all, all in. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And then, so now we're just going to fast forward day one, right? We're moving in. Um, you know, I don't know how much you saw of the campus on your trip. I didn't see shit, right? I like, I came out, I talked to McCabe and, uh, Borgie, right. And they, they told me what the offer was. Uh, and then I went with TG and we went and got drunk at Kirsch's. Right. So like we're at, we're at his house. We weren't really even on campus. Um, and yeah, some girls walk in and you're just like, holy shit, this is what college is. Lo and behold, like they were the only two attractive girls on the campus <laughs> that showed up. <laughs> and, but yeah, so day one comes right and you're, you know, you're all moving in at the same, on the same day. We're all getting into our, into our rooms and like, you're, did you talk to Ryan at all prior to? Uh, one time, I think we basically okay. just called and said, Hey, what are you bringing? Here's what I'm bringing. Um, that was about it. <laughs> and then moved in and, uh, had a great time. Yeah. So, so we move in, right. We get, you know, we're, yeah. we're somewhat settled parents leave and like, we all get a chance to like figure out who we are and where we're at. Mm-hmm. Like what, what's your initial like thought as you know, you're meeting Ted, Ross, Ryan, me. Uh, Casey Bo, I don't think we met Grubner and Allard that first day. I could be wrong, but I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I just remember um, everybody, you and Ted were huge. I think, wow, these are some pretty decent-sized dudes that um, are going to – throw the ball hard, hit the ball hard. I was, uh, I was just thinking the baseball thing right away. And then, um, you know, it was nice rooming with Ryan who had a twin brother, Ross. So, you know, that instant, um, you know, this is our core group of friends. And then, uh, they're, you know, that first night they're like, all right, where are we drinking tonight? Or their sister has a place. Let's go, uh, get some beers. And then uh, I'm like, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it went from zero to a hundred so yep. fast when we were there, right? Like almost as soon as the parents left, like Ross and Ryan are, you know, essentially corralling us to go yep. you know, to their sisters <laughs> and we're meeting people. And, and then, and then we like, again, so that, you know, getting drunk, doing stupid shit, but then like we get to get out on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause very similarly, right? Like, we all get introduced to each other and the instant as an athlete uh, thing to do is to size each other up, right? All right. Who's yep. this guy? Who's that guy? Who do I got to yep. worry about? Like all that shit. And um, yeah, that's a big guy. You know, you're just kind of like sitting here. Okay. All right. We got some potential players and then you get out there and you realize you're always told you'll never be the best player on your team right there's always somebody better and you know you were a big fish small pond you're gonna go you're gonna be a small fish so on and so forth but man that first like when we got out on the field first day of fall practice and just people are whipping the ball around you're seeing how smooth some dudes are yeah again I just remember hearing Ross just whip the ball to Ryan (laughs) and I'm just going holy shit like all right like we got and then (laughs) And I'm not going to throw any names, but some of the seniors right there out there. And you're just like, 
why are they here? <laughs> like that's what went through my head is like, how did they get on the team? Yep. <laughs> um, you know, come to find out that, it, you know, Hey, we're in the process of changing the program, all that good stuff. But yeah, just that eye-opening experience of, yeah, you're around guys who can fucking play and it's exciting. It's just, yeah. it was just exciting to, to <laughs> know that you had a group of dudes who could play baseball like well, Right. And we're all extremely talented, all very skilled. And and then it was just time to get to work. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was, a. Uh, I don't really remember much about the other players uh, that much. I just remember what sticks in my head is, you know, we were McCabe's first recruiting class. So that was kind of yeah. like a badge of honor. Like we're, we're going to get the opportunities if we, if we can yep. prove we deserve them. Right. So right. I was really just concentrating on, you know, what can I control? What, what do I need to do and not worry about what other, other people are doing out there. I'm going to earn my way in a spot. For sure. Was my, my mentality there at the, at the very beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I remember that first, uh, Augie world series. Um, I, <laughs> I had gone to college because I, I hit in high school. I was pretty good at it, um, thinking, all right, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do it two ways. But all fall, I had just focused on pitching. And we get into the Augie World Series, and my first at bat is against Ross. <laughs> he threw three pitches. I sat down, and I said, that's over. I'm, not, I'm done. Yep. There's no way I'm hitting that if that's what, you know, we're facing every day. Uh, you know, obviously, you come to find out he was – not what you would face every day, but still like, right. it's just, Holy shit. Like that is, that's, that's impressive. Right. And yeah. And then I couldn't imagine, I was always so thankful when we, as we progressed come fall, when we would do the Augie worlds, like never having to pitch to you. <laughs> I, you know, I hated those world series. I hated cage games. I hated facing my own teammates. I, so I've blocked out all memories of that stuff. I think <laughs> I don't, it just wasn't fun for me to compete against my teammates for whatever reason. I don't know why that is. Well, yeah, you never want to like, uh, you know, cause you become friends, right. And yeah. you don't want to feel somewhat responsible for someone's demise whatever that might look like right or know that one of your friends like put you in a spot that mentally maybe you can't recover from right I I don't know right whatever it might be right like Ross did with me I was never gonna hit again because I saw his fastball (laughs) and realized that's fucking nasty um so yeah I totally know what you're saying like I I, after that first one though like if I remember right, we would always, we were like, we would not play against each other. It was always us versus like the guys who were younger than us. Oh, okay. They'd come in, you know, cause they're all, it's, it's really to see what they're at, where they're at, you know, mm-hmm. um, from what I remember is just to give them a taste of like college baseball and like see where they're at, you know? So when, it, when I was pitching, you know, you're pitching against people who are trying to walk on or, you know, the new, the new recruits that are coming in and they're seeing, you know, what college pitching looks like for the first time or, or pitchers are, you know, throwing to you for the first time and realizing, 
you know, that high school curveball doesn't fucking work. <laughs> you know, you got to do something different now. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was fun, man. And, and then, you know, you go and play and, you know, you, you, you do the grind of college and the workouts and all that bullshit. But then come spring, man, it's just, I loved it. Like I, I, I don't remember anything about school, um, from like an academic perspective perspective but i do remember like come spring we basically stopped going to class we we're yeah. just gone all the fucking time uh either prep- i used it to my advantage too i you know i would we'd be on a road trip for baseball and there'd be a test so i tell the professor yeah i'm sorry you're gonna miss this test okay just take it when you get back and you know ask a ask classmate so how'd the test go you know what time what what uh, can you give me what what's the info on that and uh, yeah it helped me absolutely <laughs> get through all, all those classes for sure i did better in i think i did better in spring than i did in the fall yep because people you know a the teachers were a little bit more lenient um yep. but then yeah you could just ask your people in your class like hey what happened here? What do I got to know? All right, cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, speaking of that first year fall ball, sorry, uh, not to like yeah. uh, go back, but how fucking awesome was going to practice, whatever it was, uh, and then we'd rush back, you know, we'd go eat, you rush back to the dorm, and we start drinking, and we just watch the McGuire and Sosa fucking home run chase. It felt like oh, every day there was a new, yeah. you know, a new home run leader. Like we just sit in your room and watch games until we decided yep. to go out. So much fun. And we were just all in den- denial that they're on steroids. We didn't even care. It was just so fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit? That was yep. fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm still that guy. I don't care that they, that where do you come down on that? Right. Like it, how do you feel about the guys who, uh, potentially used or or widely assumed that we used. What do you think of, of all that shit? I, you know, they don't need to use it. You know, they're already a very good baseball player, you know, especially Bonds. Mm-hmm. He's a superstar before he even, right. he even did it. But he saw all these other people doing it, and he's like, I don't want to get left in the dust, right? I don't. If, if you're not doing it, um, that money's going to some other player. Um, so it just kind of felt like keep keeping up with the Joneses. I need to be on steroids because everybody else is doing it. So I really don't think they should be dinged and be held out of the Hall of Fame because there's plenty. There's probably guys that didn't have a negative test that are in that were doing it just because everybody else was doing it. Well, now there's a guy who has a negative or a positive test, and that is in Ortiz. Who is that? Oh, really? Yeah he he got popped. He's in. Does that open the floodgates then? I mean, again, it, it, to me, it's just all it's utter bullshit. All of yeah. it, right? They they were all on them once. You know, after the McGuire Sosa thing, they were all on them. Right, like everybody was doing it, and you've got a unique perspective that I'd 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 be curious to hear. Um, not to jump ahead, but you know, you played pro ball, and you know, I, I, Ross, 
played and told shared stories at times of everybody was fucking doing it right so was there uh and you know was there a pressure that you felt like you needed to do it or always like or or did you think like fuck it i'll just make it on my own slash does that if you didn't do it does that negatively impact your view on that because to Mm -hmm. me as someone who it didn't personally affect right like i was I wasn't going to make it if I did it or didn't do it. Yep. I just am under the general assumption that they all did it, right? Like, Clem, you know, they all did it. There's no way Roger Clemens is pitching that hard into his that at that age of his career without that stuff. And so the hitters are facing pitchers who are doing it. Like, I, I don't fucking care. You still got to hit the ball. You still got to put the wood on leather. Exactly. Um. So I don't know. Like, what are – yeah, it never crossed my mind to ever do it. I, you know, I had some pressure. I had a teammate from New Mexico who was like, "Yep, hey, I got the, uh, some steroids in the trunk of my car. I got them from Mexico. Who wants to buy them?" And like nobody bought them, and he's just all pissed. He's like, "I spent all this money. I smuggled them up here for you guys, and no, nobody wants them." Uh, so yeah, it, it was around. You know, we were getting tested heavy. Um, that summer of 2003 so that was you know mm. after the mcguire sosa stuff yeah um and it was like legitimate you, they had to like stare at you while you're in the urinal and then you gotta like show them the the whole bottle thing and it was like there didn't seem like a way to get away with it. Um, Interesting. So that was, a, that was another thing that, you know, I, I'm just not going to risk that. Um, right. But I had a t- teammate who, you know, got busted and he got suspended and, you know, that pretty much ended his career because after his suspension was over, they're like, nah, well, there's, you're, it's just not worth it for us to hold on to you. Sure. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so backing up. We talked a little bit about early ball, right? But I'm just curious, like, what, where your head was at and where you went from, you know, freshman, sophomore, where we're trying to figure out baseball, right, and playing at the collegiate level to junior, senior year when you're clearly, like, one of the best players on the team, in the conference, right, regionally, whatever, right? Like, did you feel pressure at that point or were you just like fuck it man i'm just gonna mash and enjoy the ride just curious kind of like where your head was at in that stage of your career yeah so backing up to maybe a freshman year um remember we played a double header in the metrodome like right off the bat in spring yeah um you know i had family there i had coaches teammates friends there Mm -hmm. um and I felt like I had earned a spot, you know, to, to play in one of those games. Yeah. And, um, I, I never got in the, the lineup and I was pissed off. Right. I sure. mean, I didn't, I didn't let anybody, I didn't show it, but I in, internalized it. Yeah. I'm like, I felt like I earned a spot. Um, nothing against Derek Omi. He's a, a bulldog, a heck of a baseball player, but absolutely he's not a first baseman, you know, I'm a, I'm a traditional first baseman, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was a kind of a punch in the face to not be able to get out on the field in the Metrodome where I've watched, you know, my hometown team play 
and right. I got friends and family there to see me play and, yep. and, uh, I just don't get out there. So then if you remember in the spring, we go down to crappy Missouri. Um, that, that was another thing you get recruited. Be like, yeah, we'll go to California, Florida, Hawaii every four years. And yep. nope, not enough funds. Let's go to Missouri. So, you know, I just like lit a fire in me. And by the end of that Missouri trip, I was hitting third as a freshman. Mm-hmm. So, um, just being able to like bottle up that anger yeah. <laughs> and use that in a positive way kind of uh, got me going there as a freshman. And then, um, just sticking, uh, sticking a freshman in the middle of the lineup. I just, I couldn't, do it the whole year you know there's just too much of a learning curve there yeah um, so yeah towards the end of the year i wasn't starting playing regularly um and then so going into the sophomore year um do you, they that i think that was the year that mccabe had brought in hofer and messer and yes. I'm like, okay, this, maybe this is a writing on the wall. Hofer is going to slide in at first because the, they just don't think I can get it done. Right. So I'm like, yeah. okay, this, this might be it. If I can't prove myself, um, you know, I might give up on this baseball thing and just concentrate on getting a degree. Um, so that was a little more fuel, um, to kind of prove myself and, and get a, get in the lineup regularly um sophomore year had a pretty good year then i got a hamstring injury towards the end and uh, i think i came back that year maybe not at 100 percent though but yeah still a decent year um so then my junior year um i felt like yeah i i I think i got a pretty good shot i'm upperclassman now i am um I just need to do what I need to do and I'll, I'll be playing on a regular basis. And then just being in the lineup consistently, knowing that no matter what I do the day before my name's going to be in that third spot the next day, yeah. that was a really big confidence boost. And then, um, that our spring trip, um, I remember playing in against Chico state, I think. Yeah. And I was just, um, you know, trying to be a team player, you know, work, working my way on base, doing, doing what I can, sure. like not, not being the man. Yeah. And then I remember, um, it just stuck in my head that after that game, McCabe came up to me. He's like, why'd you look at that high changeup? I'm like, it was a ball. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to swing at a ball. He's like, but you could do damage to that. And that was like the green light to say, open the gates, let the racehorse go. So I just took that as a sign to say, okay, let's, let's do some damage now. And then, uh, so then going into my, you know, put, as you mentioned earlier, put up some good numbers as a junior and then senior was kind of like, I, there's some pressure on to, you know, be that player I was last year. So kind of declined from there. Um, So yeah, that, that's kind of, as you go through the years, that's kind of what my memories are of playing at Augustana. That's wild, right? Like I, um, you know, I know that, you know, that you're now that you're saying that, right. I remember right. A little bit like, yeah, sometimes Omi was over there or Wilbur would play oh, yeah, first Wilbur, on occasion, yep. uh, even though he 
was a lefty. That was kind of weird, but um, like I never, I remember like when when Mess and Hove came. Like to me, that never felt like I never thought like your like you felt that your spot was in jeopardy. That's that's crazy to hear, but also awesome to like hear that. You know, just one little comment like that from McCabe is just this tiny little boost of like confidence, essentially. Like, look, man, because as you said, like you felt that pressure and you see that, you know, you were in a game and now those were, they were good, right? They were like second or third in the country or had yep. won a national title the year before or something. And we played a doubleheader against them. I think we split. And one of the games was, a crazy back and forth that I think we ended up losing. So you're, you know, you're, you're going into that game with that mindset of, you know, uh, I gotta be essentially somewhat conservative, do the right thing, move the ball over, take pit, you know, don't want to get in trouble for swinging in a ball out of the zone, blah, blah, you know, all the shit that athletes deal with, you know, exactly. don't want to yep. make a crazy mistake. Um, and then your coach just tells you, yeah, dude, fucking murder that shit next time you see it. And you just go on a tear. Like, that's awesome, yeah. right? And I, I wish more – and I think we're seeing a bit of that now, like with coaches, like more encouraging because, yeah, I agree. Like, my first two years were very similar, right? Like, I was terrified to give up an 0-2 hit. Right. You know, because you just get fucking screamed at, you know, and you walk a guy and then, it, you know – you throw two more balls and you know, from the dugout, it's throw a fucking strike. <laughs> I'm fucking trying, you know, <laughs> doing the best I can coach. Right. Um, it, and those were like, that's the fear we all played with in a sense. Um, and so then to have him say, yeah, go nuts. And you, you, you went nuts was, was awesome. Right. And I had a, a somewhat of a similar moment where, you know, I, I had lost, essentially the four spot to Allard uh, hmm. to be our starting, our fourth starter um, yep. for the weekend games. And, you know, I was down, man. Like I was like, this fucking sucks. I can't believe I lost to him. I throw harder than he, he was a better pitcher than me. I'm not, I'm <laughs> well aware of that, even though I threw harder than him and all that shit. But, um, you know, coach is like, look, like you're going to close. And, you do one thing really, really well. And he's like, you just throw hard. So he's like, go out there and just fucking throw hard. I don't care. Right. Like we're coming in cause the starter doesn't have it anymore. I just need somebody to bring, you know, throw it as hard as you can and do your best. Yeah. And it was a fact, like, I think I led the conference and saves that year and we had a great year. And like, again, we were all, and maybe he learned something too that year trying to encourage us all instead of like putting all this pressure on all of us. Cause that, I think we all felt that our first two yeah. years, you know, especially, you know, Ross and Ryan, they were, you know, touted and hailed as like the golden kid, you know, maybe Ted never felt anything. I don't know, but the rest of us <laughs> were all like shit, you know, you know, you couldn't get a grease BB up there if you tried. Right. And it's no way to play that game. And so hopefully maybe he learned something there where, you know, he's like, look, I got to like pump these kids up and let them go to work. And it helped. Yeah. Right? I mean, we had a great year yep. that year. Everybody. Yeah, that's the year we hit 30 wins, right? Was yeah. that our junior year? 
Yeah, Ross reminded me. 31 and 16. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was like the best year Augie had had in ages. Yep. So, yeah, it's that's crazy. But, excuse me, I'm burping all this beer. Shaking up surly. <laughs> um, but so then, you know, you, you go, we finish our college career, you get drafted. Right? What's... You know, what's your, like, what's your thought process when that happened? Did you know that was going to happen? Had you been be- getting talked to? No clue. Not not a clue. Didn't talk to any scout whatsoever. Um, you know, again, I was never been, I've never been the best player on the team. You know, the scouts have always been there to watch the other guy. Uh, and then I'll, I'll do something good and maybe get noticed a little bit, but nobody would ever come talk to me. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, I didn't, it was, it was right after nine 11. Right. So I, yeah. my degree was in um, computer science yep. and I basically picked that cause uh, computers are these new things. You're guaranteed a job and you know, they're going to pay you well right out of college. And then, uh, you know, nine 11 happens and every the economy just tanks and nobody's hiring. And I'm like, well, can't get a job. Let's see if I can just continue playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so ben, Benny had stepped away from Augustana. He was managing uh, the Northern League teams. And um, I went to a tryout with the Explorers. He was managing that uh, team. He's like, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, come try out. Uh, you know, this is double A quality team. We're going to have other D1 guys trying out. So, yeah. you know. I'll give you a shot, but I can't guarantee you're going to make the roster. Um, so I go and, uh, you know, go down there, try out with the explorers. And I end up making the team, um, with some other, um, uh, rookie from Ohio was the catcher. And I was the, the other rookie that made the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm locked in. I'll play with the explorers for this summer. Um, Katie had an uncle living in Sioux city. Um, and, uh, her aunt had just gotten in, I, I don't know if it was just, but she had, um, been in a car wreck and was in a wheelchair, but they had, they had built this 3000 square foot home, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't wheelchair accessible. So they were, they were living down the road in in a better home for her. And, uh, so her uncle's like, Oh, you're, you're staying in Sioux city here. You can live in our Wow. Brand new 3,000 square foot house. God like, damn. I got a made for the summer, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, then my mom calls and she's like, I just got a call from the scout from the Astros. And he was wondering if you're interested in playing baseball. He, he knows you got his your degree. Um, so just was wondering if baseball's something you know you'd consider and she's like well yeah he's down in sioux city playing for the explorer so yeah that'd be something he's interested in and uh yeah then uh uh got a call um on the i was going to the weight room with the explorers and got a call saying yeah you you've been drafted and i like shook it i'm like that's awesome can't wait to get started you know Uh, yeah you know send me all the details and then I played it off like, okay, this this is cool. I'll just continue going to the weight room, get my workout in, and I was just bouncing off the walls. I couldn't concentrate. I'm like, fuck no, this, this isn't gonna happen today. So no. yeah, got out of there. 
And so you went, um, so you got drafted by the Astros, uh, and Trevor and I have just talked about this. You went up to Albany, yeah. right? Or that area. Yeah. So it turns out the scout had seen me down in Missouri. I don't even know what game that was, but it was that senior year of, uh, the spring of our senior year down in Missouri. He had saw me, fo- followed me, um, you know, I don't think he ever went to go see another game, but just kind of followed the, the stats and then would call home, uh, coach home yeah. and just check in every once in a while. But Homer never told me he did. He didn't want me to get a sure. big head or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> You'd have been the least um, guy to do that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I get drafted by the Astros, go out to Albany, uh, New York for their short season team. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. Um, it was just you know, going back to your um, small fish in a big pond. You know, I felt like I'm a small D2 school um, from the Midwest. I'm just out of place. You know, I'm just going to get run over by these other D1 kids. Um, yeah. I remember in the clubhouse – the college world series was still going on and we had, we had started playing some games and uh, we're watching the college world series before um, one of our games. And we're like, yeah, that's the shortstop we drafted. There's a, the shortstop from um, Stanford. As soon as they lose, he's going to be flying out here. I'm just like, what am I doing here? That's crazy. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know how I have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. And then, as you start playing with these guys, you realize I'm, they're no better than I am. Yeah. They're not bigger. They're not stronger. Right. They just played at a D one school. They had that opportunity for whatever reason. Right. And and then, you know, once you figure that out, it's just back to regular baseball again. Absolutely. So uh, uh, as you said, right, like obviously there's an initial, um, holy shit, like, here I am, what am I doing here, look at all these guys, and then you quickly just realize that we're just all playing ball and got to go get to work. Uh, So how how was that experience overall for you? Was it it fun? Is it like a nightmare? Like, you know, sometimes you read in the press, like minor league players are not treated like shit, but, you know, you don't get paid a lot. Um you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get rich and retire playing minor league baseball. Right. So it was it, did it feel like there's a path, like the, there's this opportunity in front of me that I can go chase or did it feel like, man, I'm just like stuck down here yeah. uh, making pennies. Yeah. Did you and Trevor stay at my place that first year? I'm trying to remember. So, so we didn't stay at your place, but we came there. Right. And I okay. remember it was like, I don't know if it was a house or an apartment or like a, a townhouse, yep. but there was like six of you and yeah. you were sleeping on the fucking ground on an air mattress. Yeah. And I remember like, just kind of like being like, Holy shit. All right. Uh, so this is just like college <laughs> essentially, right? Like just, we're all living in squalor. Yeah, that that's about it. You know, back then, and, and there's still some clubs that still have this philosophy: is they want you to grind it out. They want the cream of the crop to rise to the top, and you got to earn your way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some clubs are starting to change the, that philosophy, and you know, 
we're going to be like an incubator and we're going to, you know, give these minor leaguers all the things that they need to get better. And, and then we'll figure out the ones that are going to, you know, you know, have that competitive spirit in there. Um, but back then, yeah, it was like, you, you're making pennies. Uh, we, uh, it was just a grind. I mean, we had six guys in a two bedroom apartment on the fourth floor with no air conditioning. We, um, went to, you know, the, the hardware store got cinder blocks and plywood. So we weren't sleeping on the floor cause there's crazy like rats running around sure. Troy, New York. We didn't want to sleep on the floor. Um, and we, you know, there was no Netflix back then. We would buy a TV at Walmart and the return policy was like every 45 days. So we'd return it on the 44th day and then buy a new TV and um, somebody had a DVD player and we just watched the same DVD over and over again. Every single day we watched right. uh, this payback that Mel Gibson movie. And uh, we had like one, one of my roommates was um, from Texas and he was in a band. Um, so he was really into Jack Johnson. So every morning he would wake us up by blasting Jack Johnson. And every night we would go up onto the roof and, drink some beer and he would just say name a song and he'd just start jamming out his guitar and but it was so much fun sure i mean that's what i i remember most is just like hanging out with the guys in the clubhouse back at home um but it was that first year grind for me because the other first baseman from cal berkeley had um he had injured his hip so he was out pretty much the whole year i was playing every single game um, I would just go back and after a beer or two, just pass out and my roommates would just be walking over me. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and uh, cause most, most of them were pitchers. So, you know, I was a regular, I was playing every day. And sure. so, yeah, it, it was to grind, but it was just so much fun. I think, you know, I went into camp at like 210 pounds and I came home at like 190 or 185 or something. Wow. It's just, we, we played, uh, 73 games in 76 days for a short season. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of baseball, man. Yeah, yeah. It was it was so much fun though. Good. That's awesome. I mean, and then and so you played two seasons, right? Yep. So And then what happened? Did you um, say, fuck it, I'm I'm good, or did they tell you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> so my second, so after my first year, you know, I go back and I, I live in Sioux Falls, staying with Scott Harden and uh, Justin Vigor and some place over there working at Dakota sports, going to the weight room twice a day. I'm like all in on this. I'm gonna, you know, um, get into spring training big and strong and yeah, go to a full season team. And then I get a call or a letter saying, yeah, you're, you're going back to extended spring training. So basically telling me, um, yeah, you're, you're going to another short season team. Mm -hmm. So that was just another one of those things where like, it just lit a fire in me. Like they, you know, don't think I'm good enough. They don't see that I'm can, can rise to the ranks. Um, Mm -hmm. so I went into extended spring training and just on fire and hitting in the third spot. So it extended spring training is basically like 
once all of the full season teams are assigned, you go out to your to your teams and you start playing games, and then people short season are doing um, games at the spring training facility, waiting for you know basically the draft to fill out those rosters, and then you go to a short season team. Yeah. Um, so we're yeah. we're playing other extended spring training teams there, and um, I the one the one thing that sticks out to me during extended was I remember um, Mike Hampton. Do you know? Oh yeah, pitcher for the you, Mets. Little lefty, mostly yeah. for the Braves and Rockies. Oh, yeah. Braves. I think he yes. was re- yes. he was rehabbing for the Braves. And, um, he was facing, we were facing him and, um, I think I had two at bats with him against him. I walked the first time and then he was like at his, so I was like the last batter, um, for him to face. And there was a guy on second. So I had an RBI chance and I, I took him to a three, two count. He tried to throw me like backdoor cutter on the outside corner and I spit on it. And then he's next pitch. He did the same thing, but he threw me a cutter and tried to break it in on my hands. I pulled my hands in, put it, put it between the shortstop and the third baseman. And he just slapped his glove and swore and, and stared at me the whole time going down to first. I didn't even make contact. <laughs> I'm just running hard, touch the base. I'm like, I'm just thinking in my head, nope, you're not ready. If you can't get me out, I don't think you uh, should be going anywhere there. Um, so yeah, then that was it. He like walked off the mound and gave me a little smirk and a nod. Uh, but yeah, that was, that really, that stuck out, um, uh, as a good time in the extended spring trip. Yeah. It was, it was pretty fun though. Cause we were doing, um, we'd get up early in the morning cause it was so hot. I mean, we're talking July in Florida. Yeah. Awful. Uh, no, not July. It was before that, like um, June-ish, Still early awful. June. So we'd be up at six and then at the, you know, starting all of our baseball stuff at seven. So we'd be done, you know, by two. And then me and some buddies would just grab our fishing poles and go out to golf ponds and try to catch uh, big bass. And it was just nothing but baseball and fishing down in Florida. Every, uh, every Sunday we'd, we'd had the day off. So we grab a cooler, a beer and go over to Cocoa beach and just sit on the beach and swim and drink and then go back and play baseball next week. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. No, no, hell no. So you, 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 you started out great and then you got assigned again, short season. What happened then? Go back to the, go back to the same team playing that last year. Um, Start out in the lineup doing well, um, hit a few home runs right away. My um, mom, brother, friend from high school came out, and they uh, I actually hit two home runs in one game that they came to see. Nice. And my friend's like, when are you getting called up? I'm like, this doesn't happen every day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what got into me today. Um, but then we had this uh, draft and follow kid. Uh, he was a first baseman. Uh, I don't know what school he was from, but um, – draft and follow means you drafted him the previous year, but you can follow him and sign him up to a certain date. Yeah. So they had been negotiating with him. So they, they had invested, you know, six figures in him. They've got 
four figures in me, right? Right. Um, did I do that right? One, two, three, yep. four. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as soon as he signs, I'm basically out. Yeah. I'm just sitting there watching and, you know, he's meant, um, I'm just there to fill out a roster and really it's doing and extended or how well I started the season, you know, this, this is a business. So that, that was kind of eye opening to me. And then I, at that point I'm like, okay, this, this was a fun ride. It was a great experience, great opportunity. Um, I've got my degree. It's, it's just time to move on. You know, I was at the time too, um, you know, engaged, going to get married after the season. Yep. That was scary too, because, uh, we were about to make the playoffs and I would have had to miss my wedding date. So Katie would not have been <laughs> happy there. <laughs> I could only so imagine. I was sweating it. Yeah. I could only imagine that, uh, that conversation. Hey, honey, yep. not going to make it. Uh, I know I'm just sitting on the bench, but I have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, man, you never live that one down. So so after two years, it, you know, again, like you said, it's just, it's a business. Um, and you hear of those, you know, kind of like stories often, right, where, yeah, we've invested in this. We got to see if it works. And by the time that's going to work or not, I'm sure you did the math. You're probably going to be two or three years down the road if they even invited you back. So fuck it. I'm going to move on with my life. Yeah. Type scenario. Yeah. I mean, looking back, the only regret I really had was, um, you know, the, the assistant GM would come in and meet all the new draftees and he's like, Oh, you've got your degree. You know, that's kind of rare. Most everybody's, you know, just, baseball only yeah it's like maybe maybe there's an opportunity in the front office after your your playing days and this was like the height of Moneyball. so like i've got this computer degree i've got baseball experience sure. you know that would have been a great opportunity to slide into a front office and you know maybe be running a team by now fuck yeah dude like especially at that level right like there's uh again there's a grind just like a grind to actually play it, but there's a grind for those positions. And, um, you know, baseball is one of those sports where they've got a, a big proving ground, right. Where they have all these minor league teams where you, yeah, you can get it. It's not going to pay great, but it's a foot in the door. You yep. know, you, you can work your way up and prove yourself. And yeah, man, you definitely had that analytical brain. You probably would have made some, some shrewd moves. <laughs> yeah so so you walk away right you get married you mentioned that marry your uh yep. college sweetheart uh great wedding by the way funny story um <laughs> so i i'm you know i i meet my wife we you know we, we get married we're all happily ever after or whatever but one of the first times she came back home to to fairmont to meet my family you know kind of like hang out with us for the weekend or whatever you know, we're going through pictures of just random shit, right? Like me growing up. She wants to know what that what I was like back then and all this stuff, right? And I'm showing her a bunch of pictures from college. And then I pick pull out this picture of all of us at your wedding. Like it's all the guys just sitting there. And she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm right there. Because at that time, like I was just about to go into the military. And 
I was probably 240 and I had a shaved head. Really? Go- oh, dude, I was so out of shape. I was so big compared to what I normally was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And she's like, that looks nothing like you, Jeff. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know it was, I was a hot fucking mess, uh, at that time in my life, like prior to getting in. So yeah, like, I don't remember you being that big. I, wow. I mean, it was all like in places it shouldn't be. It wasn't like I got <laughs> jacked. It was just out of fucking shape. I mean, that happened quick to me. I mean, you're lucky you never like, I shouldn't say never. Cause I don't know, but, um, you know, when I got done playing ball, right. It was just, you're just done. And yeah. Uh, you know, from 22 years of essentially working out every day, uh, playing sports or whatever, and then you go get a job in the real world and you have to pay to work out and you're not making money. You're like, fuck that. And you can eat and drink whatever you want, man. I, uh, yeah. stacked on the LBs quick when they were so hard to come by in college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I should have done this when I was in college. Yeah, so I got out of shape. She couldn't recognize me, um, and we had a blast at your wedding. I remember, uh, like, Ross and Ryan, and, like, we had gone somewhere, and, like, one of them kicked the other one out of the car because they were acting like <laughs> idiots. Uh, God, that was a fun wedding. It was a fun wedding. I remember, yeah, Katie was so nervous about my college friends because we were the first ones to get married, and we were so young. And- yeah full of stupid ideas and uh sure. it turns out though my high school friends were the the you guys were fine compared to my high school friends they were <laughs> dancing with sheet cakes pouring beer on the dance floor to do some break dancing oh, no. building beer beer cup pyramids so yeah that was a it was a great time yeah we've never been called well behaved so that's uh i appreciate it. and i read at your wedding i got to read at your wedding Remember that? Yeah. It was like my, yeah. uh, I, I remember being so nervous getting up there and reading that. And, uh, it's, it's the whole, you know, love is kind, love is patient, you know, that whole scripture. Um, but yeah, I was just so fucking nervous. I think I read that without like taking a breath. <laughs> Coming from a guy with your voice and a shaved head and yeah, right, yeah, very, very appropriate, totally out of place. <laughs> had no business being up there. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. But so you get married, you've got three gorgeous, beautiful kids, all thanks to Katie. Shout out, Katie. Uh, yeah. You had nothing to do with that. Uh, how old are they all now? Ooh, uh, 16, 15, and 13. Jesus. Yeah. Two in high school, one in middle school. Carly just took uh, practice ACT. She's driving all around. So, yeah. What goes through your head? Makes me feel old. Well, we are. There's that. (laughs) Um, You just, you got to jumpstart on the rest of us. What? What's it like having high school, high school aged kids? Like what goes through your head on a daily basis? Like, are you just like worried they're going to make stupid decisions or like trouble they can get into or, you know what? They're, they're good kids. Like I'm not worried about them. I'm excited for like their journey and their path. I don't even know. Yeah. Not, not worried. They're, they're good kids. I remember talking to a coworker, you know, a few years back and he had twins in high school and I was just like, I cannot imagine. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just going to be 
a stressful time, but it's just like a slow burn. Like at, as they get older, you're just look, you know, you, you get adjusted. You're looking for forward to that next step. Like I remember, you know, we're, we're always worried about like Carly and boys and you know, what, what's going to happen there. And, you know, she hasn't had a boyfriend and we're like, well, you know, we're, we're almost going to be excited for her when it actually does happen where I've been fearing it for all of these previous years. So yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're, they're good kids. Hasn't had a boyfriend that you know of. Right. Yes. (laughs) Katie's always poking and prodding. I kind of just sit back and wait to hear the news. So yeah, we, we haven't heard anything. She's, uh, got a prom dress and all that stuff. And she's waiting to get asked by this boy. Apparently he waved at her at a swim meet. Um, (laughs) but that's all that happened. That's happened so far. Oh, it's so, so innocent. Fun times. It's so innocent, dude. Like that. <laughs> like just hearing this boy waved at me, Dad. <laughs> it's so cute. It's adorable. Um. So, like, what's the what's the dynamic? Because you go, you got girl, boy, girl. Yeah. Right. So, what's the dynamic? Right. Is are are your daughters like? Are they daddy's girls? and cam's a mama's boy like walk me through that if there is one no yeah i kind of get yelled at a bit for you know cam and i go off and do our own thing uh, because (laughs) he he's like a baseball first guy too and he loves fishing he's trying to figure out how he can play baseball this summer and be on the fishing team which um you know those are right up my alley so I got to really try to balance it out and, and, you know, do things with the girls. Um, it's just too easy to, you know, go throw batting practice or go fishing with cam. Um, sure. So, yeah, but they all love the outdoors. They all love camping. So we try to, you know, get out camping. Um, Carly's considering, I think she's, going to go work at a Girl Scout camp all summer long in Iowa. It's going to be like our kids going off to college and just two kids this summer. So that's, that's going to be a weird feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It will dude. Um, but you know, like as you're saying, it's, I find myself right. Like Jocelyn's definitely, or at least I think she's a daddy's girl. Um, the relationship is a little different, but I always, I definitely uh, am in your boat where I find myself. It's so much easier to get wrapped up in what Jack's doing. Um, yeah. Like he's, he's doing baseball this summer, right? First time I got a coach or I'm going to coach. Um, Cause nobody else wants to. And somehow they found out <laughs> I played in college. Uh, so they're like, yeah, we need your help. And I was like, all right, uh, happy to help however yeah however i can and you know i it, it's just, it just all feels like such like an opportunity to bond and i struggle to find those opportunities with Joslyn, right like we we try to take the kids out on dates yeah and i don't know what the fuck to do with Joslyn, right it's like uh <laughs> you want to go paint some pottery fuck you know <laughs> like yeah. in my head i'm like this is the worst 
you know, and I don't mean that, Jocelyn, if you're listening to this 10 years down the road, it's not the worst, <laughs> but I just don't know what to do, right, with her to to create those same kind of uh, bonding experiences. So it's it's hard. I, I hear you, right? And I lean on my wife. I'm like, what, what do you think? Like, what should I do? Because I don't know what to do, right? And I don't want yeah. her to feel like I'm not invested in what she wants to do with her life. Um, cause that would suck if like she ever walked away feeling like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I just fall back on, you know, you just need to be there. You don't need right. to do something special. Um, you know, just be there. They'll know that you, they, they'll know that you love them. And right. Yeah, if, if there's something they want to do with you, then I always say yes. <laughs> oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you want to have a sleepover even though dad doesn't fit in your bed? All right. I guess I'm <laughs> cramming in here with my feet hanging over the footboard. You know, I don't sleep that night essentially, but okay. <laughs> All right. I'm here. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I, I definitely know, like I always fall back on too is like, well, I'm easier on her. So, you know, <laughs> she knows like that dad's got affection for her and like definitely, you know, whereas like Jack gets the, you know, the, the left, right, left, you know, straighten yep. the fuck up. Yes, please. No, thank <laughs> you. Right. That type of shit. Um, so you've coached cam for years. Yeah. How do you balance being his dad and being his coach, especially when they don't know how to do something? Do you ever feel like you're too hard or you push him too much? No, he's the one that's always dragging me off because I'm trying to, you know, balance that family life. I'm trying to, you know, not invest as much time in baseball as he wants to invest. I want to do stuff with the family. Um, so he's always begging to, let's go to the batting cage. I'm like, no, we, you know, we were just got done with a game. I know you struggled in the game and you want to practice to get better, but the best thing for you now is just flush that, forget it, move on yeah. to the next day. Totally. Um, so that's kind of what, um, kind of how I handle that separation there. Um, driving back from games, you know, I don't, don't say a word about that. You know, I'm just kind of thinking ahead of like who's available to pitch tomorrow. And he, he's <laughs> always analyzing it. Like, why'd you have this kid pitch? You knew he was going to do that. I'm like, I thought it was their best opportunity to win. <laughs> He's second guessing you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Classic. That's classic. That's, that's uh yeah, that's funny. Right. Um, so do, do you think he feels any pressure? Um, just knowing like to live up to dad, knowing that you were, you know, I'm, we're sitting here, I'm looking at your, your wall, you got your Valley Cats jersey framed, a bunch of baseballs hanging up, right? Like, do you think he feels like pressure to live up to what you did? Or he just enjoys the shit out of it and is happy Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's just generally a very anxious person. I don't know if, you know, my past baseball life it adds to that anxiety or not. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I – like you've been saying you you've written letters to your kids and, you know, I did the same and 
definitely don't keep up with it. Um, but basically saying, you know, live your own life. You don't have to follow in my footsteps Hello. basically. And yeah, you know, I, I probably don't tell him enough, but you know, I, every year I ask him, do you want to play baseball? Should I sign you up? Should I register? It's not like I'm forcing him to play baseball. So, sure. you know, it, it's in his court. If he wants to continue, you know, yeah. I'll support him as much as I can. Um, this, this winter was really fun. Um, last year, he did um, some off-season training because it was his first year not playing basketball. So we signed him up. He went off to um, this baseball facility a couple times a week. But um, this year, uh, we decided that um, I would just do some private lessons with him. Um, there's a dome like five minutes away. So sure. we did some fielding drills. We did you know, like 15 weeks of hitting drills and videotaped them and made, you know, like one or two adjustments between each week. Um, and I thought that went really well. Um, nice. he seemed, he seemed happy with the improvements. So that's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun, not only coaching him, but coaching all the, all of his friends. It's basically been, you know, a core of like six kids from the age of nine to 10. And now, they're, they're just doing high school trials this week now. So it's just so much fun to follow them and see how their career is going to progress and, you know, where, how they're going to grow into things. And yeah, it's, it's been a really rewarding. It's so much work though. So like so much practice planning and, uh, but it's worth it. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. Right. (laughs) Trying to figure out how to make practices exciting for nine-year-olds <laughs> yeah yeah that's you know at that age you're just trying to help them fall in love with the game right my yeah i would tell tell my other coaches my biggest fear is next year some kid doesn't sign up for baseball and says he's going to go for lacrosse because he didn't have fun playing baseball you know that yeah. my goal was to, to have them have fun fall in love with baseball then we'll start working on getting you better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, um, they didn't have fun. Right. And I guess I take it a step further because they thought it was boring, you right. know? And unfortunately, like there's not much you can do about the game, right? You, you, you're playing the game. So hopefully you're invested in it, but you know, the practices don't have to be boring, right? You don't have to just have one guy hitting and, you know, 12 guys standing in the field, right? Like do a bunch of fun shit and turn them into, turn it into games for them. So they're having fun playing games, you know, like basketball, you can always just play lightning, right. Or, you know, some, some dribbling drills where you're trying to tag each other, steal their ball. Right. And so it's just finding things like that, that they, that allow them to like work on a skill, um, and in a small group, but also is, is a game where they're kind of competing and, having fun and, you know, again, like you said, falling in love with it and, and learning like the, the intricacies and, and the, and practicing those things that will make them better in the long run. So yeah, that's what, that's what I've been like Googling hard, right. Is, uh, (laughs) how do I make a fielding drill fun for nine-year-olds, right? Like, and what can I do? And it's, it's been eye-opening, uh, things I never would have thought of for sure. So yeah. 
Good, shit. good luck. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that, Andy. I appreciate it. How's Katie doing? Um, I gotta, I gotta, I just gotta throw out like, um, I always appreciate the uh, family Christmas letter that gives me an update oh, yeah. on how everyone's doing. You're, you're my really? only friend that does that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like wow. nobody, I mean, we don't, right? Like you get ours. It's just a picture. Like, Hey, <laughs> Oh, the, the letter portion. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The letter, the, the full on letter where she just tells us, you know, how Cam, you know, how all the kids are doing. Right. And what yeah. you're up to, where you're working, what she's doing, the vacations you took. And it's like, huh? Yeah. Cool. I don't need Facebook. Yeah, yeah, she she's doing good. Yeah, the, it's always a fight with the Christmas letter because Carly wants to write it, and Katie's like, "Well, I, you know, I could do it better." And um, <laughs> I think one year I even that was had to do it because she was like taking classes, so she didn't have time. So yeah, it's wow. Yeah, it's it's good times. Um, yeah, she she's doing great. She's um, working at. Uh, burnsville school district and they're running their libraries so she's just always busy with work during the school year and enjoys her summers off and yeah hell yeah hell yeah she is good for her, for her. we got to get yeah. those gigs right where we don't work in the summer oh yeah i, I dying for a sabbatical like <laughs> secretly sometimes hope i get laid off just so i could not work for three months <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the dream. That'd be the dream. Well, brother, um, we've done an hour and 20, and you thought you weren't going to be a talker. Look at that. Yeah, time flies. Hell yeah, it does. Uh, and we'll have to, I want to get you back on again, right, to talk about some more some more serious stuff. But, um, sure. yeah, man, I appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, we got to, I commit to you to text you, more often and try and figure out a time to fucking get together at some point this summer. I know you'll be busy with baseball and all the other shit that your kids got going on, but we got to figure out a time to get together, get, drink some beer, shoot some guns, do something stupid. Yeah. My, my busy time's kind of winding down with, you know, Carly driving around and I don't know if I'll be coaching this year cause he'll, Cam will be playing high school in Legion. So, well, um, yeah, Ooh. it's kind of the balls in your core. You got the little ones that you got to be taking care of. Yeah. But their activities are like once a week. So we're good. Okay. Like I can find some time. I just got to not golf once on a weekend and, and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, brother. We need to need to for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Hey, uh, honestly, Thank, and truthfully, thank you so much for taking the time, dude. It it uh, it has been a blast fucking catching up, and I look forward to doing this with you again. Um, yeah, man, love you, bro, and take care of yourself. We'll talk again soon. And for everybody listening, like, share, comment, subscribe, do whatever. Andy, share it on all your social media. <laughs> that social media that Katie signed me up for. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that, Jeff. And uh, everybody, yeah, have a great week. Be good. <laughs>